Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, and welcome to another episode of Boots, Balls, and Bras. I'm here with Farah Williams and Eartha Sweetie Pond, and I'm Beck Smith. Today we have a lot going on. Let's kick off with the UEFA Women's Champions League roundup from these last games, which was just this last week. Arsenal hosted Zurich in the Emirates, and they won 4-1. Everybody happy about that game? Juventus tied Lyon 1-1, and... Um, Real Madrid tied PSG 0-0. What are we thinking about this? Because these French teams really seem to be struggling, and that's nothing to say anything against Juventus and Real Madrid, which are teams that are definitely developing. But what a start. Yeah, I think think what it shows is that the gaps within the women's leagues across Europe over the years that have been so evident, and uh, hence the dominance of Lyon, um, were obviously closing. You know, the German league is obviously a lot better now and hence you know players top players going to play out there same with the Spanish league um, the English league so all of the all of the leagues now across Europe are so much more stronger hence the results are a lot tighter between these top teams um, the Juve Lyon one uh, is it a shock yes a little bit I still think that you know the Italian league is still a little bit behind the French league and I would have thought that Lyon, although it was away in Italy, they would have gone there and got a result. Mm. And what I mean by result, I mean the three points. Um, but they didn't. So it just shows the growth of the game across Europe now and the leagues and how developed they are. So it's great for the neutral to see because we want the games to be more competitive. We don't want one dominant team yep. throughout the Champions League. So, yeah, I'm excited by it. Um, it does, still doesn't change my opinion of who's going to win the Champions League. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but, but everybody, it's she so said. good that they're, that, that they're more competitive games now because, as you say, you don't want to see the same teams every semi-final, every final. Yeah. We might still do, but, but hopefully and, not. And just touching on that, though, do you reckon the spread of players across Europe, so as you said, like players are going across, are they bringing that mentality to different teams across Europe? Do you think that's having an impact in terms of other teams believing they're good enough because there's that? Yeah. change of personnel. I think it's a really good point because I was um, chatting to Juventus through this project that I'm doing with my company, which we'll get onto a little bit later, but they were saying that because they did so well last season in the Women's Champions League, so they beat Lyon in their Allianz Arena in the men's arena, didn't they, before they lost on aggregate, mm-hmm. they could then recruit Sarah Gunnarsdottir and um, Bierenstein, the Dutch player that came over from, from Bayern Munich, and had they not done so well in the Champions League and had the players not been able to see that um, they definitely wouldn't have been able to have recruited on that level as well. So I definitely think players are moving um, and it's becoming more exciting. You can go to Italy now Mm. to play professionally. And and I think, like you said, it's more like a platform in terms of advertising what your club does. Obviously, there's key teams who are dominating, but actually outside of that, it's saying, okay, we might not be winning, but look at what we're doing and look at the players that we're attracting. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think there's going to be a lot more movement. I know we always talk about the WSL and how strong it is. I think there's still going to be more players who want to get an opportunity or getting frustrated that they're not getting a chance here who we'll see going going abroad in the next sort of year or two. So, 
it's exciting to see the development, I guess, yeah. of, of the Champions League overall. I think on that, I think as you said there, you, you get to a stage in your career where you've been at successful clubs that have competed on all fronts and you get to an age and you you, you know you want to play. And so these teams that compete in the Champions League and players that have that Champions League experience mm. but want to play can go to the likes of Juve, Juve and, and get a starting yeah. you know, place. And so, yeah, I think you get to a point in your career where you want to go and move on. Hence, that's why it makes the competition more stronger. These yeah. players are going to move around, which is, as we keep mentioning, it's exciting. I'm yeah. at that point now, so if anyone... Out there? <laughs> Left back or in goal? In goal. Okay, cool. <laughs> Near the end of your career. Yeah. Um, also, Lyon saw another injury. We spoke about them having already 10, 11 injuries. Big name players out. Damaris Agarola, the Dutch player, also got injured in that game as well. Uh, the other games that we thought were interesting were Rosengard, Barcelona won four, so Barcelona winning again. And Benfica, Bayern was interesting too. So Bayern won late in the game, didn't mm. they? Two, George three. George Stanway, come Where? on. <laughs> Representing Lioness is out in Germany. Um, two goals, I think, yeah. I mean, they were, they were is it 2-0 or 2-1 down anyway? Yeah. And Georgia Stanway uh, becomes the hero. You know what? They've taken to her really well out there, and I think she's taken to the German league. Um, if it, if there was to be an English player that was to go out over there and play and, and actually settle, I would have probably said Georgia Stanway would have been the one. And mm. She looks happy. She looks comfortable in, yeah. in that team, and, and it's really nice to see. Yeah, I, I read a piece about her this week just talking about her time at City and how she felt that she sort of plateaued and needed a new challenge. And, yeah, I think... Even she talks about her mentality in the Euros, knowing that she'd already signed for Bayern before they'd even kicked off. Mm. It allowed her to just kind of be free and just play her football. Relax, so, yeah. yeah, she enjoyed it. She played some of her teammates, which she, which she liked during the tournament as well. So, yeah, to see a young player go out and just embrace it, um, yeah, I think it's really nice to see. And it's, it sets, the, I guess, the precedence for others who want to go out and maybe other young players who are thinking yep. about not getting game time and looking, as I said, further afield in terms of not just here in England. Yep. So, yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm sure she's the only outfield player from England. I know that Mary Earps went over there, goalkeeper. And where, Bayern? Or no, in no, to actually go out and play in Germany. I'm in not, Germany. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'd, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember another English player that's gone and done that in a German league. And I'll we'll have to look that yeah. up. Yeah. I actually don't point. know. That's a good It's impressive shout. because it's not we'll, often we'll that We'll come back to you next week on that <laughs> one. Unless any of you guys, yeah. fans out there, know the answer <laughs> to this, please let us know. We really want Maybe to they didn't think they were good think. enough because Germans that's have what I'm saying, because they've been so well. dominant. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, that's that's not for me. But now, that's what I'm saying. They're like, you need me. Mm -hmm. Interesting, me. interesting. I'll just score the winner for you if you yeah. need it. <laughs> <laughs> As she always does. Um, also, what was interesting was when I was chatting to the Bayern Munich team, they said that she was watching the Champions League on YouTube and was watching Bayern Munich and sort of already was clocking how they played, their style, um, their system that they played and felt like it could have been good for her. So that was something that I thought was quite interesting in a development because we weren't able to see these games mm. from the round of 16, which we've been able to do now. And um, one of the things that I'm working on now with my company, Crux, is a project with uh, YouTube. So they're looking to do get some research, chatting to the teams and players and clubs and also fans to try to understand, okay, what's the value and impact of the YouTube channel for the world? You know, has it had an impact on women's football in Europe, but also more globally and, and hearing from some of the players themselves. So we're gonna put out a link and we'd love to hear you guys, uh, your guys' thoughts. So let us know, fill out that fan survey, let YouTube know what you guys think about it. And um, really, really interesting so far, the result. I think just on that, like, just the, the growth in terms of mentality, like at that age, who was going to look to see like potential teams and seeing how they played? Did you, did you do that, Farrah? You couldn't. 
No, yeah, there was no access. Well, come on, right. I didn't even have a. Did I have a? Did I even have a computer? No, but to get I mean, in YouTube. terms of it, no, I just mean in terms of like young players. Is that something in terms of we talk as about as a young player? I always, I always watch, like, especially yeah. international, international football. Mm. Yeah, I would always watch couldn't. it, but only not, not to obviously want to go and play out there. I never. It was always to just want to get better, see what I'm coming no, up. I'm against. saying in terms of being proactive because obviously everyone wants to be technically good, tactically good, and they want to prove what they do on the pitch. But is that an extra thing where we're saying actually, even again, yeah. I think be now ahead of the it's game. more accessible, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the accessibility of it obviously yeah. will allow if players want to. The top players will obviously want that and will look. Yeah. Hence why George is where she's at. And it's so nice to see that because back when I was playing a hundred years ago, there wasn't that access to be even mm-hmm. able to watch the game. So when I was playing in Sweden and got approached by Wolfsburg. I was like, I have no idea what the the team is like, what mm. the league is like, and you only go off of hearsay and what people think, but they're clearly biased because they're playing in the German yeah. league. So mm. it's so nice to be able to make your own opinions now as well. You'd have to get the team program and just read through the through the list and see. In German. <laughs> <laughs> in German. <laughs> yeah. No, but another interesting one, you know, Arsenal has uh, Lena Hurtig. So we talked about her moving from... Um, Juventus now to Arsenal. She got her first goal, I believe, for Arsenal and moving on to the the WSL here in England. Some really big games as well we had this previous weekend. Mm. Your favourite one, Farah, you mentioned this last week, the Reading versus Leicester City. (laughs) Uh, Leicester City. That was dramatic. And that was against your old club, Reading. Big game. Big game for both teams. I I mentioned it last week. It was... uh, the one to look out for this weekend, it being, uh, you know, not a relegation battle so early in the season, but two teams that haven't picked up points that will probably be down there come the end of the season. Um, the funny thing is, I was obviously working the, the, the Man United-Everton game and I was checking on that result throughout the whole game and 89 minutes, I'm then on air. So I've logged off my phone and <laughs> read in a losing 1-0 and it wasn't probably until 45 minutes later, I saw Mo Marley in the car. So Mo Marley, she was a former manager of mine, in the car park and she said, oh, Reading got a late winner, and I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get on the uh, on the phone, go onto Twitter, and yeah, and I saw, and obviously Rachel Rowe yeah. scoring. I think it was 90th minute and 92 minute winner. So yeah, unbelievable oh, win for them. Um, I heard Kelly's comments at the end of the game. What did she say? Uh, the team, you know, they 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 love making her feel as if she's close to having a heart attack. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great result for them and the club. Yeah, it's really good, and. Uh, your team slash our team, we predicted oh. them being top <laughs> three slash second <laughs> top three in the season. Tottenham 8-0 against Brighton. They're going to win the league now. It's been a long time coming. Definitely. No, I think it was it was a great performance um, in terms of Tottenham. I think just something just clicked. It was good to see goals coming from across the pitch, which was really, really nice. Um, I'm not too sure if Brighton had an, an off day at the office, but... I think I want to just give it down to Tottenham playing really, really well because their goals weren't like well, apart from Molly's goal, potentially didn't look like she Molly shot. who? Molly Bartlett. No, that's a plan. That's a plan corner. Is that a plan corner? She took that from Reading when we were there when I played okay. there. Hundred. When I saw it, if I wanted to ring her and say, Molly, did you give them that corner? <laughs> <laughs> no, but some some really some really good goals, uh, good three points picked up, um, and yeah, I think the confidence is is going to definitely be embedded and they're going to kick on from here towards the top of the table. I don't know how far up the table they're going to be, but I think it's it's a good, in terms of result, a good result for them. Yeah. It will breed confidence. You saw people like Jessica Naz who had come back from a, a, a long-term injury, getting, right. a, getting a brace, Drew Spence, s- starting to sort of fit into the into the team and scoring goals from midfield. So, mm. yeah, really, really good to, to see that result. Two so things surprising me in that result. The amount of goals that Tottenham scored, because yeah. they, they, mm. they're not a team that score that many goals. 
and the amount of goals that I hope Powell's team conceded because mm-hmm. again she's a manager that you know prides herself on defensive organisation and mm-hmm. you know playing it with, with the team that she's managing in terms of that counter attack football. Um, so yeah, so to concede eight goals for Brighton, hope will be very disappointed at that. But yeah. you talk about Tottenham and, and scoring eight, that momentum now they go into the game at the weekend against um, Everton, who lost to Man United at the weekend that you know if you're talking about that Bex that third place mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'd be another test for them to see if they're actually serious about competing for that third Champions yeah. League spot and what about Man United Everton because that was a big one Everton was looking pretty good at the beginning of the season you were at that game um Farah Man United sitting at the top of the table now obviously tied pretty much in well tied in points with Arsenal and Chelsea but Chelsea's one game ahead with six I mean, Man United is looking strong. Yeah. <laughs> no, they do. They, I mean, it's five clean sheets now on the balance, five wins. Um, they look strong. I think they certainly looked the, the 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 team as in you know you talk about development of teams, and I know we we spoke about potentially Everton being there or thereabouts in that third spot. You can already see the, the uh, how advanced Man United are compared to them. So under Mark Skinner, now he's had a full season. You can see that. You, you you felt that at the game there. When I was there at the weekend, you felt the levels were far greater for Man United. The balance of the team was better than, than the Everton team. But but also watching that game, it also, yes, they're sitting top of the league. Yes, they've beaten the teams I would have expected them to beat. Their biggest challenge is this weekend against Chelsea. Yeah. But I still think there's a gap. You know, I was sitting there with Anita Asante and, and Tony Duggan and Alex Scott, and we were all still saying, those are the two teams that are competing for third. Chelsea and Arsenal are still above them, yep. still mm-hmm. levels above them. And you could see it in the performance, Deci- decision-making in the final third. If, if Man United was better in that in, the, in those moments, they could have really hurt Everton. Mm-hmm. But that's what top teams do, like Arsenal and Charlton. Uh, sorry, Arsenal and Chelsea. Look at me talking about Charlton. Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal and there. That's because Erfan was telling me about the men's 4-4 game at the weekend. But Chelsea and uh, Arsenal, they're, they're still, for me, levels ahead. Yeah. I, I think in terms of the personnel, for me, the growth of the personnel is really important in, in order to implement I guess what Mark wants to do tactically um I watched Nikita play and, and she didn't get much minutes in terms of the Euro she's come to a new club away from Arsenal and I think she's done really well in terms of settling in and actually letting her football do the talking which for for some players might have been a little bit difficult then obviously we talked about Mary Drake Earps at the back she's just <laughs> the goalkeeper still, still keep, still she's still keeping, paying you to drop that in no, she, she, she's paying me in terms of performances yeah, so yeah. she's doing really really well in, in that sense but I really do think like you mentioned that clinical piece at the mm-hmm. top end of the pitch is where we're going to see I guess the make or break stuff and Mary, Chelsea this weekend. It's going to be difficult, <laughs> yeah. So we got to make sure those gloves have, whether it's the spit, the Lucozade water, whatever you put on there, because <laughs> you're going to be in demand. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that game because mm. whether or not they win or not, it will allow us to see, like you mentioned, where is the gap? Mm-hmm. Is it real? Has it closed? I don't think there's been any real test up to now to be able to determine that. So I'm looking forward to three points on the weekend nice another big uh weekend coming up in the wsl so hang with us and we'll give you our thoughts after those happen next week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So heading into our halftime team talk, this one is one that I mean, all of our halftime team talks we think are very important. Last week was about Black History Month. Um, But this week is about well-being, really. And Mm. there are some topics that have come onto the table that we've all seen where we felt like were quite important. The first one was Man City talking about the fact that they don't want to wear white shorts anymore. And I find it just really incredible that female players and women's football there seems to be a role for female players in the development of the sport where it might not exist in other sports. And I find it fascinating that they can talk about a topic and not want to wear white shorts because of, you know, period spillage or all the rest. And actually they can drive that change in the sport. I think it's really interesting. Farah, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think you're right. I think when there's things that players feel, you know, passionately about, they're able to come together and make change with those those topics or, or situations. I think it was West Brom we mentioned that were the first women's teams to agree mm-hmm. that they don't wear the white shorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking back to when I played and it was something that I absolutely dreaded when it was the time of the month and you had the white shorts. I think, you know, you want to go onto the pitch with that freedom and, and that clear mind. And I think when you are wearing white shorts and it is that time of the month, you are going out with that extra, you, you know, that sitting in your in your in your head constantly thinking about worrying whether you know as you mentioned are you going to leak are they going to see through your white shorts so it's something that you know I think is positive change I think for for the women's game and and women's sport in general should consider that um it's surprising it's taken this long um in my opinion Mm. I wish as a player I think the only team was was Liverpool that I played at and you know, I probably played my best football there. We had red shorts, so it was great. It yeah. never affected my mind going into games. I never had to worry at that time of the month. <laughs> Otherwise, so I played at I played at Everton with white, white shorts. shorts. I played yeah, Charlton. We had white shorts. Arsenal. Mm-hmm. We had white shorts. Wow. Reading. We had white shorts. England. We had white shorts. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely hated it. Yeah. So, yeah, it certainly is something. You know, you talk about a clear mind in terms of performance, mm-hmm. and, and whether that be sport performance or even work in general. I think the, the yeah. clearer your mind, the better. You know, your execution of of whatever work ba- uh, place it is, and. Yeah, I'm happy to see that, you know, clubs are prepared to, to make that change. Mm. Yeah, I think it's been a, a long time coming because I know these conversations have been going on for a long time. It's just Me and Eva tried to change it back in 95. It's just about who's, like, who's taking the risk. Not, it's not even really a risk in, in order to say this is what we need and this is the reasons why we need it if you didn't know. Um, and I think we've seen it, talking from a sort of Nike perspective and we, we know in terms of England kit we saw the training kit turn all black that was kind of like a pre-step because conversations had been had around mm-hmm. the kits and even the sizing in terms of like coaches are not the same athletes mm-hmm. as the players so actually what do the sides how do they replicate in terms of that so there's a lot of work that's going on in the background but 
to see it being implemented and, and how that actually helps players in terms of their performance is really, really important. And I guess for me, as someone who suffers from fibroids or did suffer from fibroids, and we, we, I sort of touched on it previously, like having a, a heavy period is something that, mate, there's no way I'm even going to the gym, let alone going to play a match. So mm, yeah. when we're looking at this sort of elite level, how can we make sure that we're supporting players, both in terms of the physicality, in terms of the mental cycle, but also mentally, what does that do in terms of their performance? So yeah, yeah it, it's good to see. I don't want it to be like a blanket thing now. Actually, I've, I want there to still have that dialogue. And I think what's really nice about women's football is they're able to have that open dialogue. I think obviously in men's football, they always thought I'm going to be a professional if I work, train really hard and I'll get to the top level. But now it can actually be a career for women. I think having that consistent dialogue throughout different stages from grassroots to elite is, is really, really important. It's certainly a difference in, in the men's game. I mean, I, I was playing with New Zealand always in white as well, but it was never really something that you I never thought about never it. Thought about, but I had really light period. I had light periods. Oh. And that that's the difference, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. like if you haven't come from that and had that experience, you're mm -hmm. not even going to think about it. So I think what you say is exactly right that you have to have those conversations and take everyone into consideration because everyone's so different and a what my I like head too would is fall off becks every, yeah. every, every game time, yeah seriously yeah. that sounds horrif horrific uh, honestly it like warm-up changing coming from the warm-up 30 minutes later I'm like just making sure that, that sounds horrible. yeah I'm like making sure you know, um Puma's and I've seen players though becks that have like actually like you know come through in white shorts yeah and you know, I'm, I'm talking Nowadays about times. I'm, I'm talking about times where there's no extra shorts either. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like, especially with the women's game, you never had like two ki two sets of kit. Yeah. Now they do. Mm. I know when I was at Red there was two, but I'm on about in the early days of it mm. when it was happening. There and it's more broadcast, kits. isn't it? Yeah. Now we're on TV, yeah. we're all over, there's highlights, so you can't really escape that. Did either. your teammates, you, uh, your probably, national team teammates, did probably, never, mm. never like, spoke about it? Genuinely, though. probably. I just, I wasn't, I was not aware of it. And you never had conversations. Like, well, I would have conversations every day, like, even at club or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Girls, like, it's like, yeah. Mate, we were just trying to focus on winning. Yeah. I, wasn't like, <laughs> I was like, but that, can you guys just, like, actually train properly? Yeah. That's and, good, though. Know. Like, what I'm saying, because as I say, you talk about distractions. It was a big yeah. distraction. Yeah. I guess, I guess for me, like, I saw it earlier on, because obviously I work in schools. So in terms of mm. girls have oh, PE, yeah. like, every single week. So, again, just making sure that they're secure and they know how to manage it and there's other resources. But it's the same sort of thing. Like mm. they, it's embarrassing if they're yeah. in a GCSE P lesson and, and there's boys age, with you. Man. Exactly. Oh. It sometimes that's the reason why they don't pick a subject yeah. purely because if something like that, their sort of self-esteem is mm. they're, they're just not willing to take that risk because oh, can imagine, you imagine that, that yeah, young child that one, the, the first school, time exactly oh God, and they're like, oh, just you're the kid of you. who, yeah. So yeah, it's something that we yeah, it's something that, and I guess for me, I kind of look at it in terms of you talk about periods and you never thought about it because you've never had a heavy period. Yeah. The same in, in terms of sports bras, like people think, oh, they they never had big teeth, they don't have big boobs, so they're <laughs> don't just even like, need one. Like, what are you talking about? It's so funny because I was talking to, when I had done a, a recent um, event with a, a Nike bra expert and I was talking about the current phenom bra and they was like, oh, we never thought it would like, we thought, oh, just, you just have big boobs and this does a job. And I was like, nah, what about this movement? What about that? And I was like, unless you've got them, yeah. you would never really know that, yes, you need uh, Trust me, Bex, when, never let really me, trust me, like, growing up with Eartha, 
Honestly, we used to strap her shoulders for her oh. bra to sit on. We'd strap round her boobs. We'd like she'd put a bra. We'd strap around it, right? So you just got a picture of this now, <laughs> and then she'd put the and next sports bra, bra on, on top. top, and then she would have shoulder pads. So like, because obviously it, it weighed heavy. heavy. And the same and like changing, after, it's yeah. the same like changing with in terms of yeah, the, your yeah, your yeah. menstrual cycle. Like at half time, yeah. had to do that whole process whole again process, because yeah. I played a game and I'd been moving and it's the bandages dropped and that sounds yeah. horrible yeah, yeah but that it was miserable no, no but, but it's great football. it's great that you're doing the, that work and i was going to say earlier that puma's doing some nice work on um period panties, panties as well right amazing, so yeah. you can wear different underwear i um, wish they had that in my day man I'm, I coming, I'm coming out of retirement do you trust it i've never had it i would trust i've seen it, it but well. i'm just like number apparently one it works apparently apparently it works but i'm a bit kind of not, I haven't got OCD, but I'm just in terms of like mm, you do have OCD. I'm like <laughs> a how like I, I can't see the, the the mechanics of the pants and still wearing them. I just feel a bit like I'm mm. gonna get Puma to send some out to yeah, us. Maybe we, need some. maybe we should all try mm. them. Go I for think I'm, I'm stressing already now. I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> Let's uh, move on. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on then uh, to get you out of your anxiety. So another interesting topic that you brought up, Farah, was um, we saw that Hannah Hampton is no longer with the Lionesses due to, quote, attitude issues, and it's unlikely she'll play again under Serena Wiegmann. This was really interesting, and you, you think about the mental aspects of playing, and, I mean, when you get to the top, it's for me it was 95% mm -hmm, at that level sure. because everyone's training equally hard, maybe a little bit harder than the other. Your skill set is pretty equal. You know, some are obviously a lot better than others, but really it's the mental side of the game that gets you that top 5%, doesn't it? And looking at a player like Hannah Hampton clearly has the skill to play with the Lionesses because she was with the squad. She's the goalkeeper for the Lionesses during the Women's Euros, if you, if you hadn't, didn't know that. But what what's going on there? What? If only we knew, but I think you're right. I think in terms of your mental strength um, at the elite level, that separates you from the rest, the rest of the pack. Um, she's undoubtedly undoubtedly one of the you know, the, one of the best keepers out there in the, in the WSL. Certainly with the ball at her feet and in the modern day game, which is, you know, what keepers are, are probably um, judged on nowadays. Mm. But it's interesting, as you said, the quote says about attitude and the, there's so many players that I've played with along, uh, over the years and also coached over the years where <clears throat> managers and teammates would see them as, you know, problem child, problem Within, within the squad and, and obviously we never had the resources resources around at the time to, to know or to go into depth into, as to why their attitude is the way it is, why they behave the way that they do. For support. We now yeah. do. So, you know, is it something, you know, further, you know, that we need to tap into other than just going, she has a bad attitude. Uh, you know, I've definitely heard that through, mm -hmm. I'm saying through the grapevine, but through people yeah. I've heard that, you know, her attitude at times isn't great. Um, you can clearly see when she plays, there's something that's not, you know, she switches off, mm. you know, in, in game, you know, her attention isn't, attention spam isn't great. You, you see that in games with her. Mm. And I've always, I've always spoke about that when I've done commentary on, on uh, Aston Villa that, you know, there's moments in games where she's just not switched on. She doesn't focus for long periods of time. So that's something that we, uh, you know, uh, whether it be the FA, whether it be Aston Villa, they need to look into. Is it, you know, could it be a, a ADHD, for example? Could mm. it be, I suppose, could it be any anything on, yeah. on the spectrum? Earth, you'll know more about those type of uh, illnesses, yeah, mental illnesses. Kids, but I'm saying it could it be something like that, that actually, uh, you know, is given her this, what people are perceiving as a bad attitude or behaviour issues. Yeah, but I, I guess for me, the question is, 
what's the definition of attitude okay. and, what, and what's the definition of a bad attitude? Because I know in terms of myself personally, I've been labelled with a bad attitude. You so do. It could, in terms of... <laughs> but that's no, but kind of true. No, right? no, no. I mean, you get me in trouble all of the time. <laughs> not, not, not at all. And, yeah, I, and no, I, guess no. for, I guess for me uh, again, I was problem child. I used to get told the same. I had a bad attitude. Yeah, but again, but, but what uh, is ba- it, it comes down to the culture and the spaces. So uh-huh. in terms of understanding, like, what it, what is it? We're just seeing the, the top end. For, for me, there's always, like, two other steps before that. So this Minimum. is what we're seeing. Yeah. This is the outcome. Mm. What's causing that outcome? Mm. And then what's the thing before that that's causing this Mm. reaction in Mm -hmm. terms of the outcome? So for me, there has to be more done in terms of trying to find out what's the reason why they're displaying this. And if it is, actually, it's just because they're displaying it and they've got all the support and there's stuff in place and there's interventions, then that's just it. And we work around actually how how can they sort of manage that? But to just say, okay, that they're, they're ruled out. Yes, I know there wants to be a specific sort of culture within the squad and they don't want to disrupt that. But actually, are we just saying there's an issue with this person and we're forgetting about them completely? Do you believe that that, that, that statement that Serena, she's not going to play under Serena? I, don't, I can't I, I, I don't, believe I can't that. See that. I, I can't, I can't, yeah, see, I can't that see that being real. Like you what I'm saying, the quote's there. Don't get me yeah. wrong, we've seen yeah. it, the quote's out there. Yeah. You know, that, that she, it, it's believed that she's not going to be picked or selected again mm-hmm. under Serena Vigman. I don't see that. I don't because see how you allow good. a player. I think no, she's very just, talented. Just I just reform. don't think to be. Like, I just think, yeah. You make, you, like, even if, even if she's I mean, she's not playing wrong. at club, so something's happening, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if she's injured, but she's not playing at club currently. She hasn't yeah, played since September. Miller, right. So mm. you know, something's obviously not quite right at the minute. Mm. But I just don't think. One, do I think Serena's that person that wouldn't give players second chances? I don't think she is that manager. I think she's somebody who will be open to that. But if you're, if you're a player that if it is an issue that you're prepared to, you know, make those changes that are needed in order to be within. The, you know the the environment group, that right. you know that Serena's trying to create. I don't see Serena as a manager that would be that way. I but, mean, I could be but wrong. How bad is that to just rule someone out? Yeah, if that's she what has. I mean. From, there, if there's she no has. other yeah. place in society where you just get completely ruled out. You go to prison, for example. You get <laughs> go to no, America. <laughs> no, you, there, there's always another option, but there's always something else. You go to prison. There's reform. They they say you come out. You're a better person. You can't say you've, something's happened with potentially in t- in terms of the England mm. setup, and that's it. You can't. You can never play because mm. you could be. What if you're really talented? Mm. You're saying because something went wrong or something happened that's what i mean i don't think that like going forward but, you're never going to be involved but let, let, let's is this from is this from is this from hannah hampton's mouth because it is, it is i've seen the guardian have no, done an I interview right so they've article, done an article yeah. are they doing it based on what i'm saying something that serena said or something that hannah hampton said it'd be interesting to see what hannah's reaction is because i haven't seen it anywhere but mm. may, maybe mm. it is out there but yeah. i think that's interesting but well, i'm just putting it out there i don't know what's happened in the past but what if they have gone through all of the you know, trying to support, trying to get some mental help, trying to do some testing. And what if actually there, it's just a bad egg um, and rotten on the team? And the no. reason why I ask that, I'm not saying, I'm just talking about generally. So even Hannah Hampton aside, you know, I think this is a topic that is really difficult for coaches because mm-hmm. you, and especially in the women's game and especially in some areas of the women's game, like New Zealand, let's say, is a very mm-hmm. small talent pool, right? Mm-hmm. So you may have someone that is really tremendously talented, but if they're a bad egg and they just like sort of rot the culture, do you take that decision as a manager to remove them from the environment so that you can work as a team? Because we know football doesn't work mm. when you're not in a team. Or do you keep them on the team and let them 
you know permeate their negativity throughout the culture and you're 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 a teacher you you find you find a way like you you find a way you can't just rule them out and i I give a example it comes like if i give school for example it's like saying do you exclude a child from a school and then pass the problem on to somebody else actually there's someone who this is a talent this could actually be a lifeline in terms of where this young person goes to do we just rule them out because actually the environment or the foundations or something's wrong because they're talented enough they've got the talent it's about how do they bridge that gap to do the thing that they want to do and are we saying like everybody else that actually no that's it we're just gonna push them to the side because they're not fitting our culture and this is the piece that i'm saying in terms of resources yes we want to have that elite set up yes we want to perform well but for those players who are good enough but just can't get there, there has to be some sort of investment in terms of resources to help them bridge that gap. What if there has been already? Then there needs to be more. It's, it's, there's not, it's not just, just one way. Just keep trying until well, they... Well, it, it's not just about just keep trying because they're, they're obviously talented enough. They've dedicated time to be able to be able to access that space. So it's, I guess for us as a game, what does it say to other players who, who want to aspire if you're not the fully-fledged, perfect thing or we can't tap into what it is that you need that that you can't be in this mm. space so for me it has it's about yes this is where we aspire this is what we want the top set of players to be like but it's about looking at what what are your resources what's what's good what's not working well and how do we a- allow you to access this space you know it's quite I, I agree i'm somebody i mean when i coach i always you know people always say oh it's a bad egg or or yeah. you know these players disruptive you've got to find ways of managing and coaching mm. different characters mm. and you know, some managers will be more patient than others in, in doing that and, and trying to fulfil that player's potential. And we, you know, it's evident. Hannah Hampton has huge, huge potential mm. to be, you know, England's number one if she wanted to be. There's clearly something that's not right there, whether that be people haven't got the patience with her or she's not ready to make those changes and adjustments needed to be in that environment. But it is a two-way thing. Um, yeah, you, you, You're right, Earth. You can, you know, resources after resources after resources. And if the player's not buying into it, at some point you have to go, okay, well, I've tried everything. There has to be a two-way, there has to be a two-way thing, Earth. You can't but just, in, in I get it. Because you, they, you, they I would never give up on a player. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with giving up on people and players. And I also don't know if it's, because I don't even see her as somebody that's quite loud. Mm. So I don't even, I mean, I don't know the, the girl well enough to really talk about her but mm. she doesn't strike me as somebody that can disrupt everybody within a group yeah. in terms of being a loud character she doesn't seem like that person mm. maybe she is in terms of resources though what type of resources are we talking about because sometimes we can always just go back to the same resources the state you have to go to resources. the deepest roots of it Earth, but because who, if somebody but what i'm saying the deepest roots is probably you got to go to childhood and, and something that's probably but who sometimes it's not just about going to those spaces it's about who's going to those spaces and is it culturally appropriate and is it the right well, people to go to those conversations so it's not just about for example me going to i don't know a white middle class school and talking about stuff that yes i have the qualifications and yes i can access it but they might not engage with me they might not relate to me so it's about all those things are they taking the time to get something that works specifically for her or they say nope this is what everyone's got if you can't manage it in this way then Mm. we're not doing anything different and this is this is the piece i'm talking about sometimes it's not just about saying about the equality it's the equity piece in terms Mm. of what does that young person need Mm -hmm. or what does that individual need personally to make that next step forward. I think that's a really interesting point, that equality versus equity. You know, we talk about that when we look at different types of resources. Equality means everybody gets the same. Equity means everybody gets what they need according to their Mm -hmm. own Mm -hmm. capabilities, needs. Um, So, yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. I've also been on teams, though, where I felt like the coach and we, and there has been so much support for players, and they just refuse to be a team player. And... 
at some point, you know, as, as a leader on the team, you have to, there has to be a decision because if you're constantly dragging down the culture, it's like, you go get some resources then, we'll try to help you. But if you want to play on this team, this is the culture. And, and you I do think that have can be, be correct, I agree. Because mm. you, you, know? you can have somebody that can drain the energy out of a group a of players. Lot. And especially when you're in camp, we're talking exactly. more international, but I mean, day-to-day -day at club is, is a little bit different. But on a, on a camp where you're yeah. away for tournament, for example, and you've got somebody draining the energy out of the, and they're out of the group of players, it's it, yeah, I, I would anyway. agree it's difficult. And yeah. But you're right, the work probably, in order for her to come back into the squad, if that's what it's to be, would need to be done away from camp. You and can't, maybe doing and then ongoing when yeah. she's in camp. So, but yeah. I think the, the initial part has to be: how can we work with this individual outside of camp, with her club, whether it be parents, whoever she, you know, she's close with or lives with or whatever, that can also help her, guide her. Has to be done outside of the the international environment for now. Yeah, and it's a process. It's you, you've got to start somewhere. She okay. definitely needs that support. Just, Good. I guess one last thing on that, and, I, and hopefully we can link into the next bit. Just in terms of she's playing for club week in week out before the Euros. She goes away and she, she plays no football. So in terms of her confidence, she feels she's doing everything right. She wants to play and she's not being able to access that. Like in terms of the, the mentality around that, mm. how is she... Sounds like Ronaldo. How is she... Exactly. <laughs> how is she... How is she, she managing it? Give her That's what she does. <laughs> she needs to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of how is, how is she managing that? What does that look like? Because obviously it might have now transferred into club football because now she's not playing for a club. So is that another thing in terms of managing that expectations? Because yep. maybe it's something that has never happened to her before. She's always played. It's always been a certain way. How does she deal with that? How does she manage and that? that? And that certainly does happen when you're a big fish in a small pond and then mm. go into a national team environment um and yeah just just moving forward into looking at the nwsl because mm -hmm. we had uh, a big week actually they also had their final so portland thorns beat kansas city 2-0 to win their third nwsl championship it was in front of over 17,000 people in audi field in washington dc and um they're just doing really well out there but still linked to what we're talking about the mental health these players have been dealing with the investigations that have been going on mm -hmm. for months now. So U.S. Soccer put out um, the feelers to go and interview these players. So they have literally been dealing with the fact that they have had sexual abuse cases that they've been dealing with. And only three weeks before this final, as we talked about on one of our first podcasts, the Yates report was dropped. And if you look back at uh, the, um, the history of the Portland Thorns, they, Paul Riley, one of the um, coaches that was fired after reports of sexual coercion and abuse, was actually the Portland Thorns coach for 2014, 2015. So some of these players have played under him. Um, so what I thought was fantastic over the weekend was just seeing the scenes of them actually in celebrating mm -hmm. and exciting and having some fun where, you know, you wonder the mental drain that they've been under for, and duress for, for so long. Yeah, I, I, and I think it was a good win. And we talk about we we'll talk about forms as well. But I thought also just linking that the Kansas City goalkeeper, who also again hadn't played for a long period of time, exactly in terms it. of that sort of mental well being, and then to see her in the final made some amazing saves. I think kept them in it for quite a long a long period of it. Um, Adriana French, Kansas yeah. City current goalkeeper, and yeah, unbelievable. Player. I think I think in terms of the NWSL, I think 
it's it's the beginning of something new, I think, in terms of accountability and a lot more dialogue is going to be happening, not just within individual teams, but I think across the league, which yeah. is really, really important. Um, and I think that celebration piece, it, it was really, really important as well, not just for the clubs in terms of the final. I also saw the, was it end of season, mm. like, awards thing. I, I wanted to be there. Yeah. I've, I've been to a few FA ones, but that one, <laughs> like, their red carpet, and, yeah, I wanted to be in that room. So I think it, it's really important to not, let it overshadow the great work that's happened across the league, the individual performances, the MVPs, the coach of the year, like all that sort of stuff we still need to remember. Actually, it's been a really great, successful season in terms of on the field. Yep. Um, and it's just about catching up off the field in terms of the sort of governance side of things. I think it, it, it did actually feel and look like, not just from uh, the fawns, but it, it looked like a celebration. It looked like a, mm. you know, like everything, the weight has just dropped off mm. everybody, the whole league and, and, and the players... Uh, the staff that have all been involved that have had this case you know ongoing for so long that it was just a, a big heavy weight dropped off of all of their shoulders and they just celebrated and it was just that freedom mm -hmm. yeah. you know from 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 the findings that they had it was just like look we're gonna that that's now gone let's celebrate you, you know the success not just of the league and and, and winning but the success of the, the findings yeah and um look forward to you know a new season and you know where it, where as Erfa mentions there everything you know the the scope is now on them right mm -hmm. they can't they, they can't hide they can't run away from the issues that have been there they, they, they've been highlighted they've been found and they have that freedom now to go and play and they look like the final you know the players played with that freedom and as we spoke about before when you're playing you know what we talk about in in, in the well-being a period or something that is just on your mind mm -hmm. and your mind is not clear you can't perform and we've seen that these yeah. players are now able to just perform without without freedom yeah and you wonder like does that have is that one of the reasons why Sophia Smith who I think for me is probably one of my favorite players she was a number one draft pick in the 2020 NWSL draft which is a whole nother topic that we should go into the draft versus how <laughs> we do things here but she was the league MVP and chosen as the game MVP and she's the youngest player to score in an NWSL final she's only 22 years old and we saw her against the Lionesses here in Wembley only a few weeks ago back in October, and she still was standing out even though U.S. lost that game. Um, you know, is it easier when you're younger as well to not have as much weight on your shoulders? Uh, and, you know, you, we did see some of the criticism saying that she might not have, should have been picked for the MVP of the season. You mentioned that mm -hmm. earlier with, mm -hmm. I think you said it was, was it Carly Lloyd Carly that had said yeah. that, you know, and then she went out and... Carly Lloyd said that, uh, no, it was actually... Uh, applauding the fact that she got MVP and, oh, and right. said, you know, you're shutting down the haters pretty much to say there that, like, know. look, there, there she is, MVP, and this is why because she scores in finals. Yeah, um, and she did, and she did, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Kelly Lloyd really supportive of it. Um, yeah. I think certainly when you're younger, you know, as a player, you you, you don't have all those worries that you start to 100%. to get as you get older and understand life a little 100%. bit. You know, and that's so, why I quit to be honest. So for it sure, was just yeah. too much I going know. on that's in my I, head. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't grow up until I was 37, so <laughs> I'm still growing <laughs> I was up. Say still, maybe. Yeah. But they, uh, I think, when you're young, you you do play with freedom and you have that you know everyone talks about being fearless and mm -hmm. young players are fearless because they don't have the same sort of worries that a mature adult would have um and so yeah she probably plays without you know any fear um and it's exciting she's a fantastic player and you know i'm sure she'll be one in the world cup that everybody will be talking about but yeah it, it, it is different the, the older you are the the more you know, you overthink about yeah. certain things. Where does that so come from, though? You Where tell me. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> money worries, paying mortgages, paying <laughs> car. Pay, you tell me. No, yeah. well, I guess you don't got those worries. No, but before <laughs> the elite level, I mean, like, because obviously, like, bringing it back, obviously, the WSL's not been going for, for super long. But before that, like, where does that 
worry come from as as you get older? Because like for me, it's just about playing football and, and enjoying it. And I and Barra's la- looking at me and she's smiling. I remember going away away with England way back and literally and I'll never forget it like just in terms of playing and going in different positions they put me up front and I thought I was still playing like oh on my the corner of, like, I was doing all the things that you do like no, on no. the street she's going to tell I, you about all the skills that no, she was doing because right? I was no. playing without Bex, fear because like, in those positions when you're playing in your normal case these are the things that you do you just yeah. play with freedom okay. and you try and can play can I add into that let me just oh, interrupt you Erfa, because she's talking about right and don't get me wrong, she was playing in an 11 v 11 game up front, like she was in a cage, right? Mm-hmm. But also, she's not going to tell you this, but this is what she was doing. She was stood up front with her thumb in her mouth. No. On her, 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 you know, the second index you got here, twisting her, her ear, this right? Was in Whilst England camp. playing England under 17. No. Yeah. Are you saying no? No. So, so think about <laughs> it. Was now. you or was wait, you not? She thought then. she was in the cage can chilling. I, can I just have time? Literally. Can I just, can I just, <laughs> yes, yes, thank yes. you. Can back, I put my back to you, Arthur. Okay, so, Farah, my two, two favourite positions are that goalkeeper <laughs> and in defence. Yeah, so, yeah. Back. what am I doing up front? I'm just like, there's people being injured, they've taken me off, they just thought, oh, put her up front, she's strong, she can hold the ball up, she's, she's not, we're not really looking at her. Yeah. So or therefore, just, the thumb goes in the mouth. So I'm just like, okay, ball comes to me. I'm just playing just yeah. as you street just normal yeah. street football. No and fear. Just, just no, no yeah, fear, yeah. just playing yeah. football. Like, that's how I... And uh, I think in terms of when we look at the younger players now, coming back to why we're talking about it, actually, they just <laughs> enjoy playing. Yeah. And I, it's, I guess it's that added pressure where, I don't know what I'm saying, where does it come from? Who embeds that into the younger players? Say, oh, now you've got to be more responsible or now you've got to be a leader. And So actually it's stopping you just playing your, yeah. playing your I game. I think it's coaches, isn't I it? Had, it's I had, had, yeah, it's definitely coaches as you get time. older will make, as you say, you as a leader, you as a captain, so they put all those responsibilities. As a kid, you don't really, even if you're a captain, you wear mm. the armband, it doesn't mean anything. It does to you, you as a player. You should see me when I put Yeah, I know, but in terms of the responsibility on. that a coach gives you at that age, yeah. there is none so you're the captain great probably because you're the best player so they give you an armband mm. as you start to get older and become a captain of a, a senior team there's responsibilities that come with that you then have to be the link between the players and the players problems mm. and the coach for yeah. example and Bex you, you can elaborate on that as yeah no I, captain I, of I totally agree and I, I think part of like when I, I came in as captain at 21 so I was super young and these women had been on the team for so many years and I was brand new to the squad so it was for me, it felt like quite a lot of responsibility also for in a national team where, you know, my accent was not a Kiwi accent either. But I, I think my coach put quite a lot of pressure on me as a young um, captain and a, as a young player to set a culture. And do I agree with that now looking back? Not necessarily. I think you have to allow players a space to be able to stick your thumb in your mouth and (laughs) play like you're in the cage right like because you if you're not playing your best and not playing authentic to you and living how you want to live and being the person you want to live then you're not really setting any standard for anyone else either so it's interesting though you say that because i think back to when i was at england uh, under hope and there was a period where Faye White was out injured. Mm, who was your captain at the and time? And I was yeah, I was um, put as captain. Yeah. And we go then to tournaments Oof. two years later. And <laughs> Hope gives the armband back to, to Faye. And yeah. her, her her thing to me was, you don't need the armband to perform. Yeah. So there are people out there that need responsibilities in order to give them a focus, in order to get the very best out of them. There's also yeah. people out there, Absolutely. probably like me, that just need the freedom to play and not have to worry about anything other than... Yeah you know, doing your job. Mm-hmm. I think leadership's an interesting topic. Yeah. Maybe we should take, we should do an actual t- like halftime team talk about that because I find it really, really fascinating. We'll get a good leader in because you haven't got any in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Very just coming back in from the toilet. <laughs> what was you just talking about? <laughs>
All right, so that's it for our halftime team talk on well-being of players. And looking ahead, let's check out some of the other leagues around the world. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to mention from the NWSL, um, Adriana French is the goalkeeper for uh, Kansas City, and mm -hmm. she was unbelievable. And going back to the topic we had last week, which if you haven't listened to it, was very, very good. It was the Black History Month. It was a long one, but it was a good one. And she said that her favorite goalkeeper was the U.S. Women's National Team goalkeeper, Brianna Scurry. So my my one that I was going to say me too. then. I was going to say, wow, <laughs> she knows me. But it is, it's that, you know, she had a role model. She followed her. She was able to. And how she's playing right now, they're calling her the next Bryce Scurry. So that's really, really cool. But um, another thing I thought was really cool was seeing Crystal Dunn. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but 156 days after she gave birth, she had a goal in the semifinal, really mm -hmm. late goal, mm -hmm. to to get um, them into Portland Thorns into the final. And just seeing her come on on the 73rd minute into the final with a humongous roar, mm -hmm. and then seeing her go over and like take her tiny little child after the game, I just love this about the U.S. Women's National Team and the culture that's been set for so many years. And also Adriana French has two kids as well. And I just, I love it. I just, you don't see it as much in other countries. And I think it's because the support's not there, but I just love seeing mothers playing football. Yeah, it, it's really nice to see. It's not something that I guess we see a lot or have seen in England a lot. And actually the other day when we was at the BFP event, we, I was speaking to Mary Phillips and Leanne Sanson and they were saying, to Mary, remember when you used to bring your boys down to to training and during preseason, and they used to be kicking things and knocking things down. And Vic used to be like, "Mary, come on, look, the boys are doing <laughs> stuff." And it's like now, actually, they can build their schedules around players. Mm -hmm. But actually, like I said, there wasn't that facility before. You'd have to drag them along, make sit them sit in a pram, or even I guess be with with other players. And I remember even when we was at Charlton, some of the like directors' kids mm -hmm. and the managers' kids, like we see them now and they're all big and they're like, "Remember when you used to no. make us? Me and Farrell used to make yeah. them like kind of do something." was always babysitting <laughs> the youngest go kids. Go get those balls go for and a get quarter. Those balls. Yeah. We were as, as close in terms of age as those, mm. I guess, those young young kids that were coming to the game. So, nice. yeah, really nice to see. No, America's always been ahead of the game in terms of that and their support systems for mm. their players. Um, I mean, they take, I remember many of times of playing the US national team and, you know, they've got all their kids, the players that had kids mm -hmm. and the nannies that are there looking after them whilst the players can, you know, do what they're there to do and train and, and focus and whatever. We're still so far behind. It's a subject that we're, we are going to talk about on the podcast further down the line around the support here in the WSL. There's still a lot, a lot, a lot of work to be done. Yep. Um, um, just I was just at the weekend with Tony Duggan, who's currently pregnant, and you oh, know man. she still feels that, that, that she has support from Everton as, as a club. She mentions that, but in terms of knowing what training they should be doing whilst they're pregnant, what can they do? There, there's so much that needs to be spoken about, addressed. Every club, every club within the WSL. Are working differently on, on that on that topic in, in, mm. in particular and yeah it's not in a great place mm. it, it's obviously there's, there's something in place that the pfa have put in, or i think it was your for maybe that put in place there has to be something there in place yeah, was it so somebody has put something in place yeah, it but it's different for every club so it's not Absolutely. it doesn't have to be the same so there's 
a whole Absolutely. podcast we're going to talk about yes. and get some mums yes. on the show. Yes. So yeah, that would yes. be further Let's down do the line. Let's get, I remember but it was great to see them, as you mentioned, yeah. Crystal Dunn, especially she played here for yeah. Chelsea and it's great. Yes. To, and she always plays that big smile, doesn't yeah. she? So She's to get so good. fantastic players. Remember when Chapman got pregnant and she had like three kids? Yeah, I do remember because we were like fuming as players because we didn't make the World Cup because we needed Chapman. Yeah, what are you doing coming to support us with your belly out there? Get on the pitch. No, it's neat. And she did come back and play, didn't she? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, we could continue on that. We will continue on that topic. Let us know what you guys think about it. And the the final thing that happened this last week was the Copa Libertadores Femenina, which is Conmebol, South America's 14th edition of their club competition. So it's basically the equivalent of the UEFA Women's Champions League the club competition in South America had the final in Ecuador from the 13th to the 28th of October and Palmeiras from Brazil defeated Boca Juniors from Argentina 4-1 to win their very first title. What are we thinking? We like the Brazilians, don't we? We like the vibe, we like the dancing. Yeah, it's great. I guess in terms of, for me, I think a lot of their national team most probably play outside of their sort of domestic league, but it's also good to shine a light on those players who are trying to break through and just demonstrating again that the football within their country and the stuff that's coming from grassroots is is really, really good. So always good to see, I guess, and to shine a light on, on other football, especially Argentina. Um, I went across there a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, Atletico was another big, big club over there who, who were doing some great, great work. So yeah. Hopefully some of those players might be coming across the pond sometime soon. Yeah. I did see the celebrations. I did see on Twitter. <laughs> and I did I did be that geek that clicks on, you know, the, the team and then <laughs> click on some of the players. And actually there are quite a few mm. national team players, current national team players that actually play out in Brazil. So yeah. it's actually cool that they, they still have some of their own playing in there and, and trying to drive their own league back in Brazil. So, yeah, yeah that was good that I uh, geekily clicked well through done. just to see if there was any Brazilian <laughs> national team players in there. Well done. And there's some really <laughs> good ones. And Pia Suntag, I remember the Swedish coach but she's used to coach the US women's national team then Sweden has gone Mm. out and now she's coaching the Brazilian women's national team so she's had a serious run of success with both of her previous national teams so it'll be interesting to see how Brazil do in the World Cup as well but it's nice to see Argentina also in there because they're so strong on the men's and on the women they just don't put the resources in so Mm -hmm. it's nice to see an Argentinian team in there as well all right well I think that wraps us up for this week, but we've got a preview of next week. Farah, what are we, what, what's going on this weekend? Any games that we should be watching? Yeah, the big one we mentioned earlier in the pod, Man United against Chelsea. I think Man United are at home, so Chelsea have to travel away. I think that's a big a big game at the weekend. Yep, nice. What yep. you got going on this week? Uh, just speaking of Chelsea, just a quick congratulations to Karen Carney, Eniola, oh, Luka yes, and Katie free. Chapman for their Hall, Hall of, of Fame, Fame. induction. Nice. So well done. Well done, ladies. Well yeah. done, ladies. And, well and three that appreciate. Uh, sorry, three that are deserving of it. Not appreciate it. They obviously de- appreciate it. I was going to say the previous <laughs> three. No, about the three that de- deserve. They de- they deserve it for what they've yeah. done for the game. Hundred yeah, percent. So yeah. yeah. I think there's a Williams up there on the list somewhere coming S- as well potentially. Or do you think Williams? Yeah, maybe a Williams. She's first one in. First one in. <laughs> <Last> year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for us with. Uh, boots, balls, and bras for this week. Tune in next week, and always, as always, send us your feedback. Send us what you guys want us to talk about, and we appreciate you listening. See you next week. Bye. Ciao. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.